everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mind of the Gap. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zeke Lopez, and this is Enablix's only podcast, Talking Sales and Marketing Alignment. I am very pleased to have back on the pod for a second time today, Felix Kruger, in part four of our four-part mini-series on content enablement workflows. Felix, how's it going? I am very well, Nick. How are you? You're based in Spain now. I, I am in Spain. We are, we are transcontinental. You are still, uh, you are still Australia. Um, That's right. which makes scheduling this always fun. Um, I, I, but I, uh, uh, I have to, I have to ask you for scheduling tips for Australia timelines, uh, next time. No, uh, no. Um, I've given, I've given, I've given up on, uh, scheduling reason, reasonable hours. So, uh, don't, don't take my <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. So, uh, so Felix, you are the founder of fast forward. Is that correct? What, what do you do there? Yeah, so I am the founder and I'm the what you would consider the principal um, consultant. So I am leading client engagements and we uh, work with um, businesses mainly in the B2B space on sales enablement initiatives. So we are a sales enablement consulting business, which means that we specialize in the holistic approach to sales enablement, considering all factors impacting sales effectiveness, um, like technology, um, like content, uh, like training, coaching, and so on. So essentially all the different elements we assemble strategically for clients and help them to improve sales effectiveness. Uh, we work with clients uh, around the world, so not only Australia, but we also work with clients um, in the UK, uh, in the US, in India, so uh, truly global business. Truly global business, uh, TGB. No, I'm I'm excited for this episode because I think of of a lot of the workflows that that we have we have covered and 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 the issues with content. This is the one that I think is closest to a lot of people's heart, and and it's and it's content communication. Um, and and it's not necessarily like yeah you know the, the communication manifests itself in so many ways but but we all know when it's gone bad right we know when uh, like like the terrible uh, sync up meetings like maybe like an hour meeting where no one's paying attention and and you feel like like you're like hey is anybody is anybody hearing this or or even on the other side where you feel like either in sales enablement or, or in content marketing, you've done a lot of great work and, and no one even knows it exists. Um, ha- have you have you run into some uh, toxic atmospheres or, or maybe uh, where it hasn't gone so well, the communication between what's coming out and what's getting used? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the time. I think um, there are two separate challenges. So number one is um, the, the communication side of things, right? Um, so... Um, in, in a lot of scenarios, um, there's an over communication happening between sales and all the different departments, um, uh, you know, interacting with sales. I think in those kind of scenarios, everybody wants to be able to access sales and wants to get, uh, you know, their mind share, but uh, that in that essentially leads to um, information overload and sales reps uh, not being able to distinguish what really matters or whatnot. You know, um, a a regular offender is a product marketing team that uh, delivers one hour updates about uh, you know the the product and uh, any sort of associated materials. You know, um, and those sort of meetings uh, just lead to reps tuning out and and nothing really being achieved. So. 
from my point of view, I think the, the biggest win that Styles Enablement uh, can really achieve on that front is to act as a filter and mm -hmm. to really structure communication um, with the sales team to make sure that um, anything that is being communicated to and with the sales team uh, really contributes to them uh, having um, having the tools and uh, on hand that they need to do a better job. You know, so I think uh, that sort of information overload is a, is a very common problem, especially in larger organizations. You know, it's I see that's a mistake that I think most enablers make, especially newer practitioners, is the mm. idea that that everything has got to be communicated, right? And mm. and by the way, I, let's let's pull back. In a lot of jobs, that is a good thing. Right. In a lot of jobs, you are rewarded more for over, over communication than under communication. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a product manager, if you're an engineer, if you're if you're an ops, specifically sales, being on the the kind of the border of the company is receiving too much of it from all angles, from the market, from their boss, from our prospects, from internally. Uh, and, and it's too much. Um, so I like to go out on, on kind of kind of draw a line and say, um, you're likely over communicating to the sales team to start. Um, it doesn't, it's not always true, but that's, that's typically the biggest problem. And so I like to say, you know, say less, right. To quote, uh, to quote Hamilton, right. Talk less smile. No. Um, but, but, you know, we, we were talking before the pod and, and you said that there's nuances to that. So, so help me break it down as a sales enablement expert, when should you know what goes to the sales team and what doesn't? Yeah, so generally you have to always have to make sure that there's a purpose in anything that goes goes out, right? Uh, content should never be used for the content's sake, right? Um, you know, more, and and by the more... way, that's where I, I think that's where product marketing really falls down is hmm. is marketing kind of has its own purpose-driven leads to whatever that is revenue. I think a lot of product marketing organizations are struggling to really feel their purpose. And so their purpose is, well, I created this so everybody should know about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, I think you always have to, uh, um, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the phrase, uh, but I think in this scenario, it really rings true. Uh, you have to start with why, right. Um, and I, I think, when it comes to interaction with sales team, asking yourself why uh, this piece of content exists and what purpose it serves, um, I think is the best starting point, right? Because mm -hmm. unless there is a um, a sales process stage supported with this piece of content, um, there is no purpose, right? You can never, everything else is just noise essentially for the sales team and potentially also for the prospects because any sort of content that the sales team uses um, that is market facing should always um, have the purpose on uh, educating buyers and uh, them being able to make um, uh, better better decisions uh, throughout the sales process, throughout their mm -hmm. buyer journey, and um, ultimately make better decisions for their business, right? Um, that applies to uh, buyer engagement content. When it comes to sales support content, you know, which is content that is internally being used, that is being used to educate the sales team on, uh, you know, ad administrative processes, uh, maybe calculators that are being used for pricing and so on. Um, for for those sort of scenarios, the same applies. You also have to have a purpose for the content piece. Uh, everything else is just noise, you know. So I think that's mm -hmm. the uh, the single uh, biggest filter you can apply. And um, I have made the experience that just applying that filter already makes a big difference. Yeah, and, and I. By the way, I think I'm seeing our episode title right now, like like finding your path to purpose driven content. 
Um, uh, kind of, it sounds self-helpy, but it's so true. And listen, I yeah. speak from experience, right? Like I've messed this up so many times where, because you'll, you'll get a request from the sales team asking for a piece of content. And so you're, you know, you're, you, especially when you're helping, if you're in a growing organization, so you make it, but th there were two things that the two filters you mentioned that I really liked mm. one is this internal or external and stick to that. Mm. It can be both, right? An understanding of how you're different from a, uh, a competitor that, that seems maybe uh, kind of close by, there could be internal and external facing content that comes out of that. But when you make a thing, is it intended to be for the sales team or for your buyers? And step two, and this is important, and this is maybe the hardest part, where in the sales cycle is this useful? Mm. I could tell you from the product marketing side, I would, I would be, I would feel free to slap the entire sales cycle on any piece of content I ever created about the product, but that takes away a lot of that filter, right? Like that takes away of the, when you get to that overload of, of, of what's happening. Um, what are some ways, and, and we don't want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, solve world hunger here, but what are some ways for organizations where maybe the product marketing team is dumping a ton of content and marketing is done dumping a ton of content in that we could start to align our content to where it plays in the sales cycle. Yeah, a good starting point, and that's something that I quite often do with clients is a content audit. So you essentially outline the sales process in relation to the buyer journey, and then uh, look at your content um, through that lens, right? If you have any sort of uh, analytics uh, associated with your content that indicate usage, um, that can be helpful too, you know, so to actually mm -hmm. uh, see what's being used the most, but uh, creating that alignment um, of the content to the sales process and the buyer journey is something that I would recommend. And uh, then you soon realize uh, which content pieces don't really fit in. Um, they, they kind of seem random. Yeah, they it's kind of stick out, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's just noise, right? And um, you always should aim to keep things as simple as possible on that front. So mm -hmm. and those sort of content pieces that are potentially outdated, you know, they're they're ten years old. They're just sitting there, um, and they've just always been been taking, uh, been taking or transferred between systems, and they somehow still ended up on the shared drive. And those sort of content pieces then need to be retired, right? So yeah. um, that that process, and then. Um, you know, also talking to the sales team, you know, and uh, getting an idea of how content is being used, especially uh, by top performers across the sales team um, can be really helpful to also understand not only which content pieces are being used, but also in what sort of context and uh, what sort of context is provided uh, to prospects uh, when content is shared. Yeah. And, and listen, we, uh, you, you know, we love to, uh, to shill for Enablix whenever we can, because, because we say we do those kinds of things, but, but r really it's as, as objective, there are a thousand softwares that do this, right? Uh, some very, very expensive, some very cheap. The idea though, is with that audit, if you could put into place, um, and we're not going to rec recommend any right now, but some objective measurement of when content is being used, where, Right, because because what I've seen, and this is a trap you fall into, is the sales reps will swear up and down that a certain asset is useful in a certain position, and then you'll see, just like the product marketing team will, they will use it throughout every stage of the sales cycle. It turns out that's just their default. They like to send it. Perhaps it's a customer story. Perhaps it's a really cool interview on a feature that somebody used, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So as objective as you can get on how assets are being used in the sales cycle, if you set yourself up a month, maybe you know two months for this, because this is going to take time. 
that is going to be a great tool in your in your tool belt of of where things fit in my opinion yeah. because you know we're we're human we're, we're going to remember what we remember exactly exactly i think um you know what you just described the same content piece always being used throughout the entire sales cycle. Uh, I think that's probably something that I would consider selling by superstition, you know, where, um, <laughs> as, you know, sales reps uh, just keep on doing the same thing just because they think, oh, yeah, if I stop doing this, I, I won't close a deal anymore. Yeah. That's really where it makes sense to, to compare top performers, uh, um, you know, with the rest to see what they do differently. And what you would then t uh, typically find is that uh, the top performers utilize content in a more nuanced way. So right. uh, that, that's how I would eliminate that. Well and and I've endless I will say I'm always a big fan of selling by superstition because I'm always listening to Stevie Wonder in the background of my calls. And so uh <laughs> very good. I I had to get it in. Um that one's going on LinkedIn. Um but um, so so let's say that we're in a broken relationship, right? The 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 con the the communi content communication workflow is not going well. Let's outline some steps to fix it, right? Maybe the, the previous regime did not do this well. Maybe sales feels hurt and misheard. Marketing feels hurt and misheard. Whatever that is. Mm -hmm. What are some steps to fix it? Um, so so uh, let, let's go ground up. What, what's your first step? Well, I think the first step is to realize that every sales enablement project is a change management project. Right. And um, that applies on the largest scale sales, initi sales enablement initiative, as well as uh, the smallest scale sales enablement initiative. And a inter the introduction of a content piece that is supposed to be used um, to manage opportunities um, is an example of a small scale change management project. Right now, what does the change management project typically include? It includes uh, preparing for change, implementing change and cementing change. Right. And mm -hmm. On that front, um, what you would do to prepare for change um, is to, first of all, do the analysis around uh, what content is there, what is be, uh, where the gaps are, right, um, that you can fill, and then uh, work with the sales reps and uh, sales management on uh, creating agreement that this is really needed, right? And having yeah. that agreement early uh, will create that buy-in that you need to then um, prepare for adoption um, throughout the sales team, right? So yeah. in that scenario, you would, for example, do a top performer analysis and you would uh, see that uh, a top performer would create his own content um, to uh, share with clients. And then you say, okay, this you, you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, product marketing, marketing can do this and we can um, create an up updated version of this content piece on a regular basis. You wouldn't, would then take this idea to the sales managers and say, hey, you know, like this is what we've seen across the sales team. Uh, this is what we want to do. Um, you then get their buy-in because they um, say it makes sense. You then move on into implementing change. So you create the content piece and then start communicating, right? And um, what I would typically uh, recommend anybody uh, sharing content with a sales team do is uh, do it first in a uh, public forum, right? Um, for example, like a, a monthly sales uh, meeting, an all-hands mm -hmm. meeting with all uh, the sales leadership and the sales team uh, present, right? And yeah. if you share content in that sort of forum, um, that also provides the social proof that you need uh, for people to really realize, okay, this is something that senior leadership has agreed to uh, make sense for us to adopt. And um, everybody's here to hear this, right? And in this meeting, yeah. um, you would outline uh, why this has been developed, um, what it is, and how it's supposed to be used, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is like a live environment. As anybody who's got questions can raise questions uh, straight away. Um, but this does not have to be a massive update, right? Like this can be a ten. Uh, 10 minute update uh, talking about a, a content piece that's supposed to make opportunity management uh, for the sales team easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this step is really um, important to bring it on the agenda of salespeople. Then you can follow up with an email, right? Um, that um, then re emphasizes the points that you've made uh, throughout the meeting, connect as a reference point, and anybody who is in the sales stage with their opportunities um, that you are supposed to support can use this straight away, right? And um, then the next step um, I have followed in the past is then to follow up um, by joining individual sales teams. Um, so in their team meetings, you know, like the team whip, mm-hmm. um, just to uh, talk about it briefly again, and then to bring it in the context of their portfolios, and then uh, you can offer more tailored advice to the individual reps. And then if there's still communication needed, uh, the reps can then book individual time with you to then further clarify uh, on a tactical basis how this yeah, content piece yeah, is being yeah. you're, uh, used, you're right? saying clarify i'm hearing complain but but but, but we'll put that <laughs> we'll put that to the that's side right, that's right so if the, i if i go so um with these steps that i've outlined uh, what you notice is that um you essentially go from uh from broadcast to narrow cast right so you um you start out by uh, talking about it in very general per, uh, terms and then personalize it more and more t- uh, first uh, for the sales teams and then for the individual sales reps. So mm-hmm. um, I think um, with that sort of approach, you cover the most ground and um, have the highest um, likelihood of adoption, right? Um, by implementing the change. And then the last step that I um, recommend is then to cement change. This is really where um, the ease of access to the um, to the content piece comes into play, where you are able to um, really reduce friction in sharing that content by, for example, having the right tagging in place on the con- on the platform that you use to share content. Uh, you, um, in discussions with your sales team, um, if you advise on a certain approach or in your sales training, you can always keep on referencing that content piece, uh, you know, throughout your onboarding program, throughout your training program, um, in coaching sessions, this content piece can always come up um, over and over again, um, that this sort of content is supposed to be used in these and these situations, right? So right. this is right. this is where cementing cementing the introduction of that content comes into play. And um, I mean, it's 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 a uh, it seems like a lot of effort, um, but it um, is effort you or structures you put in place once, and then you benefit uh, from them on a larger scale, right? And uh, yeah. I can guarantee you that's much more effective than uh, just sending out an email saying "FYI, new new content piece on the platform available." No, and and that, I mean, uh, for, I like a couple things about what you said. First, you did touch on, in one way or the other, all of the other workflows we've touched on in this mini series. You touched on approval workflow with reps making their own content. Uh, the the feedback word flow with with sales meeting with marketing and as well as the quality workflow of people being able to find it so that's how I know you're a fan of the pod but but more <laughs> importantly I like that you almost look you almost took content communication as like a sales funnel right you start yeah. with that top of the funnel broadcast how am I how am I talking to everybody right how would I how would I make the sales team aware of this but but you don't stop there, right? No sales team would ever stop there. Work down to the bottom of the funnel where you're literally meeting with individual reps to, to say, hey, you are effectively closing the deal where they know that this content could do this for them and they're going to use it and to activate that content in that respect. 
so so stop thinking top of the funnel and content comms and start mm-hmm. pushing that down funnel. I, th- I think you'll see more success. But that only happens if you're creating purpose-driven content, um, which is is what is what you alluded to. Um, so we did it. We fixed it, man. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> jumped on. Jumped yeah, on. yeah. Check that off the list. No, it's it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on and, and talking all things enablement. Uh, before you go, I, I I do know you're you're cooking something up over at Fast Forward. Could you tell me a little bit about uh, the project you've got coming up? Yeah, so we are uh, working on an online course. Uh, so we've collaborated with Mike Kunkel, uh, which is a uh, rather well-known uh, person in the sales enablement space. He's a best-selling author of the book, uh, The Building Blocks of Sales Enablement. And uh, we've partnered with him on uh, creating a course based on this book. So uh, this is coming up soon. Um, we're currently working on the course materials, um, but yeah, we're, we're collaborating with a beta testing panel of uh, sales enablers around the world on making this as uh, valuable as possible for everybody. So this is coming out currently scheduled for um, late September. We'll see how, how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mid, mid-October creep. probably, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> right, that's right. But this is uh, coming soon for everybody who's interested in developing themselves in the sales enablement space. Excellent. Well, we will we will have a link to the sign up on the uh, podcast page for that. Um, uh, yeah. So if you, if that sounds interesting, check it out. Um, uh, hey, in the meantime, hey, thank you so much for stopping by the pod and telling us about uh, content communication. Uh, I had a great time, and I think I learned something. Um, so, <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Thank, thanks so much, Nick. Thanks for having me. It's always great to join. Ladies and gentlemen, Felix Kruger. This has been Mind the Gap, a podcast about sales and marketing alignment put on by enablers. My name is Nick Z. Lopez. Thanks for listening.